0: chapter twelve of natalie page this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org natalie page by katherine haviland taylor chapter twelve what happened for a few minutes after mr kempwood left i moved around looking at the napoleon relics which of course are fascinating some people think that stephen jumel bought these from royalty itself but others think that they came to madame jumel and were by way of wiping out an indebtedness madame jumel lived in paris between eighteen nineteen and eighteen twenty six and during those years the cousin of the empress josephine who was madame la comtesse de la pagerie made her home with the jumelles and moved with them from house to house as they did seeming one of the family part of the establishment i think she was not well off and had to accept much from the jumelles for which she could make no return so when madame Jumel came back to america the comtesse settled in snuff-boxes vases shoe-buckles lockets and dear knows-what-all and i think madame jumel probably made a good bargain for she was the sort who could do that it is said that the things that she brought to the united states were valued at twenty-five thousand dollars which strengthens the fact that she must have got them without money output for at that time stephen jumel was in pecuniary straits and probably a sum of that size would have been difficult for him to spare for such purpose i loved looking at them and thinking of how the empress josephine might have had this or that small box upon her dressing-table and it always gives me a curious feeling i think old things are much more interesting because of the people who have touched them and i have often thought that if you could touch one of these things and close your eyes you might drift off into a dream that would take you into another time but i suppose that is silly after i had moved around for perhaps seven or eight minutes i heard a small boy call to another come out here he screamed in a high soprano there's a man biffed on the bean and maybe he's dead and how people moved i didn't immediately i couldn't for i remembered my giving mr kempwood the bracelet and i knew what had happened i felt sick and swallowed hard and although i hadn't any more spit than usual but that is the way that fright made me feel it was the worst i'd ever felt somehow i hurried toward the door with the crowd and i then did the second cowardly thing which hurt one of my friends who cares for the mansion i slipped off my bracelet and handed it to him until i come back i whispered after a gasp he nodded and put it in his pocket i suppose he thought i was afraid of sneak thieves in the mob which had collected then i pushed through the door all the excitement was back of the mansion where mr kempwood lay on the ground absolutely white and with his eyes closed and people were bending over him i began to sob although i didn't cry and any tears at all "Let me through i said as i tried to get past the circle which had formed i know him i love him he has been good to me and he is my friend and then somehow i had reached him and was on my knees beside him holding one of his cold stiff hands between both of mine is he dead i whispered to one of the policemen stunned he answered for a moment i held his hand tightly pressed against my heart and then i began to sob harder than ever i think the relief that comes with good news often makes you more upset than the bad and hurts more i don't know why this is but it is so after a few moments a policeman asked me where he lived and i told him Someone offered a motor and they began to lift mr Kempwood another officer had detained some people and was questioning them weren't you here he asked of a heavy old italian woman who had been sitting on a bench but she only shook her head blinked and muttered non parlo la inglese, parlo italiano salamente. and some one said she had been sleeping but the officer looked doubtful nevertheless he said we will take you along and i in that moment saw that she did understand for in her eyes was a sudden glint of terror it faded soon and she replaced it with a vacant look but i had caught the other i think she had seen she knows i began to say when suddenly everything was forgotten for from the jumel mansion came a cry which began loudly and faded to a horrible silence and the cry was for help of course the officers ran and somehow the old italian woman slipped away i had seen her the moment before but when i turned back to look after mr kempwood i found only the old blind man coming up the side steps to the garden shuffling shambling up with his cane feeling the way he and i and a doctor were alone the old italian woman is gone i said and i think she knew don't think so said the doctor as he moved mr kempwood's head and felt the back of it couldn't speak english She was frightened when the men come back we can get someone to help us lift him in a motor he's going to come around all right but that was a blow right over the back of the head you say he lives near here i nodded and then someone came back and helped us lift mr kempwood in a motor what happened in there i asked unsteadily as we moved toward the gate and down the steps one of the guards knocked senseless he answered over the back of the head like this busy day for excitement around here there you are he is a weight. the guard isn't hurt badly and nothing broken but the glass over the little case that held the bracelet is cracked i nodded feeling more sick and faint than ever and then we turned toward home the doctor held up mr kempwood who was beginning to groan and i held his cane and said my prayers hard for i felt that it was all my fault and that is a terrible feeling somehow i got through the next hour i won't never know how they settled mr kempwood told me he wasn't going to die and would truly be all right and i left of course I went back to the jumel mansion i had to here i found the sort of let-down that you always find after excitement everyone was limp and sat down whenever possible one of the women told me about it i was in the back room she said mr kelsey had just come in and shown me your bracelet he whispered to me think i'll put it up in the cupboard then if she comes back for it when i'm not here you can give it to her i nodded thinking that a safe place that high cupboard you know i did it had always fascinated me it seemed big enough for a spy to hide in and i wondered whether one ever had hidden there he put it there she went on and then went back to the front room i went to the window and looked out at the crowd which had collected about your friend mr Kempwood, and then i heard mr kelsey's cry i suppose i was slow about reaching him you know how your knees act and how fright sometimes slows actions for before i reached him i heard the blow which i found afterward had been directed at the bracelet case and when i reached him he was not alone the old blind man who is around here so much was with him he was standing in the doorway saying "Someone is hurt Someone is hurt will no one come to help and there were tears on his cheeks it added to all the rest was almost the last straw i saw him in the garden before i left i said and he was all right then you couldn't have she contradicted he was here the entire time someone took him off and started him toward amsterdam avenue and that was ten minutes after the whole affair had quieted down but i said and with some heat i did see him i really did how could you she asked if he was here i shook my head and gave it up she was unconvinced i could see probably thinking that the excitement had me incapable of realizing what i had really seen or when i had seen it but i had seen him in the garden i knew that well i said that isn't vital you said mr kelsey isn't badly hurt again she assured me that he wasn't and i was greatly relieved then she gave me the bracelet i snapped it on and left as i went out i paused before the portrait for it did seem as if what madame gemmel saw from that had an effect on events made them rather horrible ones i couldn't speak for there were people in the hall but i bared my arm and thought very hard i have it back if any must be hurt i must be the person for it is mine and hereafter i will keep the responsibility and after that i turned toward home i stopped at mr kempwood's going up and i found that he was conscious and wanted to see me i was very glad to see him i couldn't speak at all but simply clung to his hand however he seemed to understand so it was all right sit down miss natalie randolph page he ordered and a servant slid a chair near his bed and i did then the man left and we were alone you know it was my fault i said because i gave you that bracelet and then i had to stop speaking that made me dreadfully ashamed i had to look down too because i didn't want him to see that my eyes were full of tears once i never cried but the whole affair was making me jumpy and unlike my old self and mr kempwood's being hurt had almost made me sick look here Nat," he said turning over very carefully so that he faced me we're friends aren't we i nodded just as hard as i could for emphasis for various reasons i decided i would not speak just then i was afraid my voice would behave as willie jepson's used to when he was fourteen he himself never knew whether it was going to sound like hamlet in the soliloquy or miss hooker when she saw a fuzzy caterpillar and those ranges differ widely well if we're friends went on mr Kempwood, whatever bothers you must bother me i want it to. i shook my head oh no i said he nodded then stopped i think it hurt and said oh yes just the way i said oh no i laughed a little and then i wiped my eyes when i thought you were dead i said go on he ordered what happened did you mind it or wonder whether you had enough of your allowance left for a nice wreath honestly confess your thought all over again i choked up my dear he said suddenly i think he saw how i felt i'm not going to leave life i love it too much especially since we've been friends why i'd hang on to it now with both hands and i'd like to see anyone make me let it go nat i'm going to stick around and by the time you're twenty we'll be the best friends going i've planned my campaign you're helpless i smiled at him and explained how much he had helped me in new york and how different he had made it all seem of course i told him that my aunt uncle and cousins were kind to me for they are but i said once in a while and i was a little lonely and when i thought of new york without him i almost fainted and i explained about how i had felt when i thought he was dead especially about the swallowing so much when there was nothing to swallow and no occasion for doing it and i added that lots of times in the dentist's chair when i needed to swallow dreadfully i couldn't and that it was strange how emotions affected you he listened attentively and agreed with me about the last then he asked if i had been carrying his cane around all day and i looked and found a hat i was surprised i must have taken it to the jumel mansion back and even up to aunt's i clung to it without thinking because i was so upset i suppose you don't need it he said with a flicker of hurt going across his face no i answered and i did wish i were tactful but i never know quite what to say beside the truth which makes me clumsy and you care an awful lot about men who go in for athletics don't you he asked they seem men to you i think he imagined that our friendship couldn't be as deep because i liked outdoor things and his lameness kept him from enjoying them but it was deeper for while i knew all he missed i also saw all he gained from pain or whatever it is that makes some people who aren't strong in all ways nicer i like you best this way i said and very awkwardly i'm afraid but mr kempwood always seems to understand i'm sorry you have to carry it i went on but i think it has made you nicer and kinder if i were ever very unhappy or needed help i will come to you and then i stood up for i thought it was time to go you can leave my cane by the bedside he said i find i don't dislike it quite so much as i thought then his voice changed and became every day and he said good-bye child you're not going to be nervous i promised him i wouldn't and waved at him from the doorway i went up to our floor feeling much better every one was out and i decided to dress because Evelyn was to have guests and she had said that amy and i might appear for a little while if we liked on my bureau i found a note it was scrawled hurriedly as before and had the same initials under it and it said don't wear the duplicate of my bracelet to-day i will see that something unpleasant happens if you do e j Chapter